And most people who are listening to this have probably never been through the court system, but if that time ever comes, you're going to remember this podcast and you're going to think about all those things when you get stuck in supervised release and you're jumping through hoops and you're just a good law-abiding citizen who's accused of something that you didn't do. So I hope that you take that away from this and, and think about that. If that ever happens to you, what, how would you react to that? Or what would it do to your life? Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Hi, Matt. Hello. Today, we have Brandon Svoboda from A Plus Bail Bonds in Washington State. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Good, good. Good morning. So I'm going to get right into it. Who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm one of three owners of A Plus Bail Bonds in Vancouver, Washington is where we're based. Uh, we service the whole state of Washington. Uh, we have, I think, seven locations now, and I've been in the bail bond industry for 25 years now, and been at that particular location for 17. So you say bail bonds, not everybody's going to know what that is, right? Because it's not something that's available in every right. state. So what is a bail bond and how does that kind of work? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind for anyone who doesn't really understand what we do, when you mention that word is a blonde haired guy with really bad hair and a bad <laughs> tan. So <laughs> aside from that, it's that has very little to do with what we actually do. Mm. So you so, don't just go hunt people down for a TV or anything like that? Not necessarily. No, not usually. We usually give them the opportunity to come out on their own and help them reschedule and keep them out. And it's a lot less dramatic. If they did a show about my office, no one would watch. It would be really boring. It'd be very boring. Oh, that's good though. So a bail bond, how does it actually work? I get tossed into jail, right? What's the process and how does that work and what? So the nuts and bolts of it essentially is a, a bail bond is it's an insurance policy. We're licensed insurance producers. Every bond that's issued to the court is a, it's an insurance policy guaranteeing the appearance of the defendant each and every time until the case is resolved. In the event that they, you know, decide the beaches are nice in Brazil mm -hmm. and we can't find them, then well, the policy pays the court. Essentially consideration for the non-appearance of the defendant. Right. Oh, okay. And so the court sets the amount that the bail is at and then the bail bond company is on the hook for the full amount. But the person who comes in to get a bail bond pays a percentage of that to get out of jail. Is that correct? Right. It's a three-party agreement. We have what's called an indemnitor. You've heard the term indemnification. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's the same principle. It's a third-party cosigner, making sure that the defendant will make it to all their court dates. And in the event that they don't, then they're, they're going to be held financially liable for the face value of the bond or you know any fees incurred picking him up, right. him or her. We try to usually get like a family member, someone that has pretty close ties to them. It's sort of the whole idea with bail is it's more incentive for the person to come back and go to court because mm -hmm. we're involving friends and family and, of course, money. Right. And so it's more incentive for the defendant to follow through wow. and make court dates. Oregon is a state that doesn't have commercial bail. Mm -hmm. And we all know what's happening in Portland. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a revolving door for criminals. It's a haven for criminals in Oregon. Right. Because California has bail too, right? So California and Washington both have bail, but Oregon doesn't. I think so Idaho does as well. Yeah, Idaho has bail, Wyoming, all the bordering states have So if bail. you don't want to go to court, <laughs> welcome to sunny Portland. So if you have a misdemeanor, Oregon's a good place to go. A lot of felonies too. Hmm. So basically what bail does 
is it creates a barrier between the defendant and the courts. It allows you to get out in, in pretrial and sort of get back to your life and back to work, back to providing for your family. Right. Um, try to maintain as much normalcy as possible, but also to be able to create a defense for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's one subject I think we're going to talk about is the court's there's a thing called supervised release, mm-hmm. and then right. now there's this AI that's getting involved in the courts that is trying to make the decisions for the judges and deem who's a risk and who's not a risk. And huh. anyway. So we talk about AI a lot, but yeah. usually it's like cars. self-driving cars or Alexis. the AI like, you know, figures out stuff for marketing or advertising. But this is an AI that determines – so if, if I'm not mistaken, it tells the court what it – the AI thinks the chance of letting the person out and then having them reoffend while they're out is, so then it sets the value of their bail. Is that correct? Sort of? Well, basically what is happening, so we just use New Jersey as an example. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they completely got rid of the money bail system and went to just using this AI system in combination with supervised release. And we can talk about that. Right in a minute, mm-hmm. which is another sore subject for a lot of people that we get <laughs> right. out. Right. So, and it's how this came up is we have an increasing population in this country. We have an epidemic of hard drugs, heroin, mm-hmm. especially created by the opioid crisis. And mm-hmm. so we're seeing a change, an increase in the number of people who are getting arrested. Mm-hmm. And then the problem with a lot of these people that I'm talking about, say the drug addicts, is that the AI system basically looks at them as being low risk Mm -hmm. because it wasn't necessarily a violent crime. However, they're committing property crimes to feed a drug habit on a daily basis. So the increase in drug addicts has created an overflow of people in the jails and the jails are overpopulated and Mm -hmm. they're using it as a tool just to basically clean out jail cells. So what it's it's happened is it's made a revolving door Mm. for anyone. So as long as you don't hit someone or shoot someone or stab someone, it's created a revolving door, you're gonna get right back out. But now the system, it's so flawed that it's even releasing people who have prior convictions of violent crimes. Mm. And there's been several instances where this AI system released them back onto the street, and within 24 hours, they murdered someone. Hmm. That's obviously a serious problem. It's yeah, a very serious right. problem. Well, uh, the solution is not creating a revolving door in the jail. You know, if the population increases, it's the drug addicts are not. They did a survey in Portland of like a lot of the homeless people, and 75% or 80% of them were heroin addicts. Mm-hmm. And they're living on the street by choice. There's plenty of shelters for them to go stay at, but they choose not to because there's rules, there's curfew. And if you want to see a change, I mean, these people need to be incarcerated, but mm-hmm. they need drug treatment, they need mental health treatment, but it's going to have to essentially be forced on them. Right. But that's not, a huge, it, 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 it is a huge problem. But. Right. But it's, it's a massive problem mm-hmm. and everybody's looking for someone to blame. Right. And we're just low hanging fruit. And so it's just someone easy to blame it on. And then here's this company backed by George Soros Mm -hmm. (laughs) who slips in under the radar and all of a sudden starts selling this AI system to all these courts across the country now. Right. Because then it's like Yelp hiding behind their artificial intelligence, right? Like, well, the computer said that it's okay. It's not a human decision. Yeah, I think we're not 
going to find a, a solution to either of those problems, right? Like homelessness problems. I mean, we've talked about it before, like when we had Dan Hayes mm -hmm. on who, from Real Property Management Solutions talking about how hard it is to build more housing and things like that are also obviously drug treatment is a serious problem. Mental health treatment is a serious problem. You know, other countries seem to not have as hard of a time with these problems. So mm -hmm. I think that obviously there's a will there to put money into places that would be more effective. Yeah. But like when we talk about the bail bond system itself, a judge, at least in most places, is making a decision on how they think the person will offend or like how likely they are to offend again. And are they going to show up for court? Are they a flight risk and all these things? And I mean, the, an AI could be a tool that's used to help that decision, but it shouldn't make that decision. Agreed. Right? Agreed. And how do you replace you know, a judge who has 20 years of experience of being on the bench and they've seen this person right. and, and standing in front of them? And, and they watched, were a lawyer for how many years before that? Well, right? but also mm -hmm. watched this particular person's evolution mm -hmm. through the system to where they're at 10, yeah, they year, could 10 be years back. later. Right. So a, a computer can't do that. It just doesn't. Uh, the, the other problem, so the ACLU is all behind the AI in the beginning until mm -hmm. they found out that one of the key determining factors of risk is race. Yeah. Right. So now they've jumped the fence back over to our side because that's a key factor in determining the risk of a particular right. individual. Right. And there is bias in a lot of AIs. Because the AI was fed the previous data and there was bias in the previous data. So now the AI has the bias of the bias that was in the data before they started, which is complicated. I get it. <laughs> well, the, the, I guess the but, bottom line with bail is right. there, there's nothing wrong with the with the bail system. And I don't understand why we would be blamed for the problems that we're facing as a society. We have nothing to do with setting bail. It's done by a judge. Mm -hmm. It's, right. It's like blaming the car insurance company for car accidents. Like if well, there's an you, increase in car accidents, you don't go, well, you guys need to, to stop selling car insurance. <laughs> right. But you have a constitutional right to bail. If you're mm -hmm. arrested, you have a, the constitution. It's that's a constitutional right, right to be able to post bail right. and be out because you're supposed to be presumed innocent mm -hmm. until proven guilty. However, the AI is being combined with supervised release. So supervised release essentially is they're abusing the probable cause statement from mm -hmm. when the police arrested the person and using that to put the person on pretrial probation. So basically they want to replace a lot of the bail with pretrial probation. And so you tell me if it's fair that you're presumed guilty. Well, you have to be put on probation. You, it's probation. You right. have to report to an officer. You have to go in and do your thumbprint on a kiosk every week. And depending on the nature of the alleged crime, you might have to go pee in a cup, mm -hmm. drug tests. Right. Like, and you haven't been charged. Of, you haven't, well, you haven't been convicted you haven't of anything been, yet. But you're, suppo you're right. supposedly presumed to be innocent. However, what I don't like is that the people, so they'll actually impose this on top of posting bail. What? So then what they do is, so if the person does, say, have a drinking or a drug problem and they violate the supervised release, all of a sudden they're throwing them back in jail, sanctioning them for violating supervised release. So my question is, if this whole system is supposed to be for the rights of the accused, it doesn't seem right, right. that 
you can violate someone in a pretrial status that's presumed to be innocent, sanction them and throw them in jail. And then well, what is what is their recourse if they're absolved of the underlying crime, mm -hmm. but yet you've sanctioned them and made them serve right. jail time? I mean, sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, sorry doesn't really cut it when you lose your job or. But uh, it's, it's right. and that's where you know they want to they want to paint this picture of bondsmen being predatory and abusive and racist and, I mean that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And you know an AI system that bases risk on on race on race is racist. Yeah. Right. And. But and nobody, nobody's saying that there's not racist people in the world, right? And, of course. And I'm sure in every industry there is. But another thing, and this is something that when I have personal conversations with people, like a lot of times it comes up, they go, oh, what kind of clients do you have? And I talk about it. And one of those things, I'll say, oh, you know, we work with a couple of bail companies. And they'll go, oh, what's a bail company? And then, yeah. you know, we have a conversation. And then they go, well, maybe those people shouldn't have committed the crime in the first place. And I go, well, they haven't been convicted yet. Right. So, I, you know, obviously lots of people guilty of crimes get charged. So, right. But lots of people here's who my, are not guilty still get charged too. Here's my question right? to you and this is how it would you if you were It's not up to us. If you're arrested and accused of a crime, would you rather pay me a set fee one time and be out and be free and be able to go back to your life as normal and, mm -hmm. and defend yourself and create a barrier between yeah, you and, and the courts? And or would you rather be released without bail but on probation mm -hmm. with the threat of maybe violating and you you tell me which would you rather have? Well, I'd rather have the set fee, but that's you know there's there's always but people are losing their jobs, right? yeah. they're losing their homes, they're it's creating chaos in their lives because they're like I, I'm a project manager on some big construction site, I can't come down in the middle of the day and pee in a cup, mm -hmm. I'll lose my job, right? right. So there it, it's it's incredibly abusive to people. Yeah. When you're presumed to be innocent. And, and that's my opinion. And I have more people that come into my office that just, they're like, I don't know how I'm supposed to. Right. You know, a, a, there's a nurse that I have out on bail. There was a real estate developer. I mean, normal people. And Well, normal you know, people get, get charged with stuff all the time, which is something I think a lot of people don't realize is like. You go out to the bar one night. Yeah, and have somebody a had of three, three glasses of wine at, at the Christmas party right. and, and gets pulled over doesn't need to be on supervised drug pee in a cup release. They right. need to go back to work and do their job and say, you know what, sorry, I should have had one and a half glasses of wine instead of three, right? Or I should have taken an Uber. And yeah, we, I might take an Uber. Well, we actually help people navigate court process because when a lot of people can't afford to hire private counsel, mm -hmm. so they get stuck with a court-appointed attorney. Well, guess who never answers their phone and never replies to emails? You get to meet them and, and right meet before your trial. Two minutes before you walk into your trial, they take you in a conference room and they shove some paperwork in front of you and say, okay, here's the deal from the prosecutor's office. Right. And then you're like, well, I didn't, I'm innocent. Mm -hmm. But do you risk it? I don't. And basically, I've had people, you know, defendants come to me and say, well, the, the court appointed attorney said they don't pay me enough to defend you. Wow. So it's. That system's obviously the, working. The system perfectly. is, yeah. yeah, it's not that. So I guess in defense of the bonding industry, we've been around for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And it's a very simple system. You know, you give some sort of consideration and you get out mm -hmm. and you're free to go do whatever you want to do and get back to your life and be a productive part of society. Right. And defend yourself. And if you decide to abscond, then there's a consideration that's given to the state. Right. For that. Mm -hmm. And meaning you didn't show up for your court day, right? Correct. And now, a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. 
Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. Just go to hook2.us slash hamster. That's H-O-O-K-T-O dot U-S forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R. So you said it right there, right? Bail bonds have been around for hundreds of years. Yeah. And it is what it is. But with the new things coming in, AI coming in and saying, oh, no, you're a risk, whatever, right? But it's not just the AI that's in the court system. It's the advertisers and stuff like that because Google, if I remember right, recently banned bail bonds. Ads. Correct. So that was almost a year ago now. So how how does that affect how things are and how you maybe go about your business? Because if you can't advertise on Google, well, I think it affects the people who are the ones who are trying to help get their loved one out of jail, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree with all that, but aside from that, don't you think it's incredibly abusive by someone who has way too much control over <laughs> what you see on the internet? I mean, it's just right. one person's opinion. Right. I don't like these guys, so I'm not going to let it's them. It's an I'm entire gonna, industry, right? So they, they just said the whole industry in the United States, no advertising. Even though we've been around for hundreds of years, and, and the majority of us are like myself, who have been doing it for decades. And right. you know, I've never been in trouble in my life for anything, and I've helped a lot of people. Right. And I feel good about what I do. And I just don't... I don't understand how how our government can allow just this massive company to just have so much control over the content. Mm-hmm. And I mean, on, that's on a big internet. topic too right now. And we don't have to mince words. It's Facebook and Google, right? I mean, yeah, Bing, Microsoft's a big company too. But when it comes to like marketing and advertising, it's Facebook and Google, right? Right. And you right, can't. Right, but it's a, it's a public forum though, even right. though it's owned. It, You can't advertise bail on Facebook effectively because you don't know if somebody's been arrested, right? But on Google, somebody's typing in, how do I get my son out of jail in Seattle or something Mm -hmm. like that or bail bonds in Vancouver, Washington? Mm -hmm. You want your ad to come up, right? Right. I think it's made it difficult for potential customers to find us in areas that we don't have a physical location. Yeah. So essentially, or they have no physical locations of any bond company. Correct. So there are a lot of areas that the counties are too small, the jails are too small to mm-hmm. support having you know paying rent on an office and having a staff and things like that. So now you have a real problem with people. It's almost impossible for them to find anyone mm-hmm. because. I mean, we still show up in some of the organic searches, and then if we do have a physical location, we're still on the map. Mm-hmm. But like Matt said, there are a lot of you know pretty remote areas of Washington. Yeah. I grew up. In- There's way more spamming and abuse and stuff in the organic listing because it's quote free, right? You can't see my air quotes on the podcast, but I'm totally <laughs> doing it just so right. you know. But yeah, because it's free, you get people spamming saying. Bail bonds for, you know, flat rates and and all this kind Mm. of stuff that's actually illegal, right? Because you don't set the price of the bond and Mm. you don't set the price of the bail bond, right? No, the rates are set by the Department of Insurance. Right. And then there are some insurance companies out there, some of our surety companies that, you know, that give us the bonds that are registered with the Department of Insurance at 8%. So it would allow us to offer some of the bonds at a a lower rate. 
and that's that's another thing that we were able to do. We can still charge you the ten percent, but say take half of the ten percent down and allow the person to get out, and then make payments. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's abusive. I think that's helping someone get out of jail and get back to their their job and their family. Right. Right, because yeah. it could have been a simple mistake that landed them in jail in the first place. Especially if they yeah. don't have a high income, right? So, Correct. You know, if something happened and then— Well, a lot, a of, lot people of people don't are just have. a paycheck away from being out on the street. Right. And they, any interruption in their life, it's disastrous. Yep. And one payday loan to right. because you have to pay it all at well, once that, means that they're on a 30% interest loan that's going to yeah, turn into that another loan that should be more under the microscope than bad. Uh, absolutely. Like when your industry is to put people into debt that they can't really dig themselves out of, Correct. that need there's an issue there. And when we do payments, we don't charge interest. We'll see. There you go. You need right. No, just kidding. <laughs> go get a rent. No, don't I mean, it. I don't know how much more fair we could possibly be to people. No. Well, and also, it, I mean, we're talking about something that's that's mandated by the state. It's not right. like you're not making the pricing up. Right. You're not setting the bail. You're not setting the bail. You're just the facilitator of the system that was designed by the state, mm-hmm. right, to allow people to get out, get a lawyer, get back to their job, do those kinds of things that keep people out of jail longer, Well, right? and, and But this, this AI, I mean, in any of us who live, own a home and have a family, and this is going to affect everyone mm-hmm. because if this is able to be spread on the massive scale that they'd like to see it, it's just going to create a revolving door. And, and and you look at places like San Francisco and Seattle that have started using it, they have the two highest property crime rates in the country. And it's an d- absolute disaster. And so the people become more brazen because they know it's just a revolving door. It doesn't right. matter. It's, it's not, not a good, violent crime. Yeah. I'll be out. This, this guy uh, left his garage door open. I'm going to go in and steal all his power tools. doesn't matter if I get caught because, you know, I'm going to be back out tomorrow. Right. I think using the AI is kind of a slippery slope, too, because if you start using it in situations like that, then you end up with, isn't it China that's doing the the AI thing where they're just arresting people on the, the streets because they've had warrants or they've missed a court date or anything like that? They're using... Yeah, like closed-circuit closed TV. Closed-circuit TV and... Uses facial recognition to find people. Yeah. Now, all right, if somebody has been convicted of a crime... Right. I don't mind if an AI locates them and then they take them to court. Right. right? But that's, I mean... It's because you've been convicted. Right. Right. But an AI, when it comes to people's lives, should be a reference material tool. It shouldn't be a decision-making tool. Right. The judge should make the decision. And also, an AI should probably be reviewing those decisions to see if they're in line and have somebody else who is another actual person who makes decisions to make sure that they are making the correct decisions, right? Some kind of oversight, oversight. tool. And, and the other part of it is, is you have this whole new genre of judges, I guess you could say, that are young, mm-hmm. that are right. 40 years old, that grew up with this kind of stuff, AI, video games, computers. Right. And that, you know, the older judges who are totally against all this are starting to retire and get right. kind of phased out. And that's the concern is that... These younger people are so used to, and I know you guys are a lot younger than me, but <laughs> no Matt's pushing 73. <laughs> That's right. But you if, kids get off my lawn. But if their mindset is that I'm just used to a computer telling me what I can and can't do, yeah. what I can and can't do, what's go? the answer to this problem, mm-hmm. you know, or this question, you know, they just Google it. Right. And, and that's my concern is, is there, are we evolving to a point where once the, the old school judges are essentially gone, Mm-hmm. And you have this new school of 
more computer savvy, techie type young people come mm-hmm. in, it's kind of a scary idea. It's almost like the Terminator where, right. I mean, just saying that if, if AI takes over a criminal justice system, I mean, gosh, it could go anywhere. Yeah. And I just think that it's great for selling you sneakers on Facebook. But when it comes to, you know. Well, just like I said, it should be a reference to lives. But, uh, you know, the other thing is I think younger people are a lot more aware of kind of cultural biases and stuff now than, and mm-hmm. it's obviously become more of a sensitive subject, but it's also made that awareness a little higher that potentially using a piece of software, the software could have bias. I mean, that wasn't even a thought 20 years ago. Nobody thought I need to worry if my software is racist, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like nobody even thought that could be a thing, right? Right. But the system is not being correctly portrayed right. in the media. They cherry pick the things that sound good and then that's what they put out. Wait there. a minute. Oh, Are you, you saying you that the news cherry picks stuff well, that's sensational for with, their own purpose? You don't have to deal with this dirty old bondsman who's going to take your money. Right. You can just get out for free. And that's what they're getting people to believe. And that's the problem is mm-hmm. that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Right. So it's sort of like be careful for you know what you wish for because the states that they've implemented this system – it's, it's an absolute disaster. And now, like, all the sheriff's organizations are, you know, up in arms. And because right. the, the police have basically been neutered. Right. They're like, well, why do we, why should we arrest anybody? You're just going to let them right back out. let them out anyway. So. It's a, it's a revenue driving system, right? If you arrest them, find them, let them back out, mm-hmm. they get arrested again, find again, let back out, right? So that's just. Well, and what happens well, when you revenue. call the police now and, and somebody stole something worth a couple hundred dollars? They usually tell you, go to the police station and make a report. Like, nobody looks into it anymore. But the old system It's just because there's so much of that crime that it's not worth their time anymore. But the old system worked fine for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why everyone thinks that how we've done things forever, all of a sudden it's just this horrible system. Mm -hmm. And that we should just do away with it and just let them out. Right. And, I mean, instead of taking millions of dollars and buying— these AI systems with, why aren't we building facilities to to house these people and give Using them- Using the AI to figure out which people are at risk and putting them in treatment before they- Instead of putting them crimes? back on the street. Right. <laughs> but instead of putting, yeah, use the AI to figure out who these people keep committing crimes. So why aren't we building facilities where essentially they are incarcerated, but yet it's, it's essentially a, a hospital. Facility, a treatment yeah. facility. And that's the only way that you're going to get- these people to change or become productive in society again. And we're talking about like hardcore drug users, right? I mean, we're not talking, when we say these people, we're not saying like a race or a a group of people. We're saying there is a certain subsection of people who keep going in and out of the jail system Mm -hmm. that need to be, yeah, they need treatment and they're not going to voluntarily get it. Or, well, they would voluntarily get it, but... The whole who's going to pay for it thing. Well, there they, may they, or may no, not be. No, they won't voluntarily get it. Yeah, the, they have no interest in getting treatment. So these are the ones that you want to actually get and make them and, yeah. do it. But See, then I, there's I, also I, there's probably even more people who are interested in getting treatment but don't have that as an option. Right, but and the those problem is, is that even will. probably a high percentage of the people. I just talking about the people that I've watched, mm-hmm. you right. know, try to go into treatment. That the majority of them don't follow through. Because they can't, it's voluntary, mm-hmm. and they just relapse one time and they leave, and then that's that. They're back on the street. 
doing the same thing again. Right. And, and it's hard if you go through something like that, like, okay, let's say I'm the person with the problem now, mm-hmm. right? I have a specific set of friends. We do the same things together. And that, you know, in this case is probably drugs, right? Mm-hmm. So we do that. You know what? I want help. I'm going to go and I'm going to go get help. But then I'm going to come back out. The first thing I'm going to do is go find that same group of friends and be like, no, I'm clean now. No, I'm clean now. Right. And then eventually it's just going to wear me down and then I'm going to fall back into it because I'm with the same people again. Well, it's, it's not just that. It's We're talking about in the late 90s, I mean, the people started abusing in the early 2000s opioids. Right. And, and, and we just are seeing this massive <laughs> tidal wave of people right. who are addicted. And the opiates and the meth, you know, amphetamines. Well, and the meth is actually, meth is actually taking backseat now. Yeah, it is backseat. Wow. I mean, when I, years, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, everyone was on meth. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's like they just use the meth to come off of the heroin. Right. And when you talk to these people, a lot of them, a lot of these people were normal people, and then they got a 30-day prescription of Oxycontin. Right, they hurt their back at work or something, and then next they thing were on you opiates, know, you know, and three well, years was later, un, they're When it was unregulated, they could go to multiple doctors, get multiple right. prescriptions, and just or eat go to handfuls of pills every day. Pain centers. Mm. And it wasn't illegal. So once they cracked down on all that, now you've seen a massive influx of heroin coming into the United States now. Yeah. And everybody went to heroin because it's cheaper, and you can get it anywhere. Right. Yeah. And I don't know why no one apparently, well, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people had the foresight, but nobody who makes the regulations had the foresight to say, if we have people going to all these different doctors to get opiates and we're going to make that illegal, but we're not going to give any other treatment option for those people, isn't it obvious that they're just going to go buy illegal drugs? Like, I mean, that would be the first thing I would think, like, why don't they just go buy heroin off the street? I don't know where you would buy heroin, but, you know. Brandon's got a shady grin on his face like, I've thought about this. I know, but I mean, I I already know the answer to that question. So, I'm not, you know, I really, (laughs) we won't go down that rabbit hole because that's a whole other bigger subject that. All right. Before we go further with that, let's talk a little bit about the AI thing again. And one thing about that that's interesting is that. There's AI programs that they're currently building to do negotiations for real estate. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. And somebody is building one for the criminal justice system to negotiate between prosecutors and attorneys. Mm -hmm. I absolutely guarantee someone is building that. If they aren't, go build it because it's going to be worth a fortune. But um, (laughs) what happens when you get an AI that determines whether people go into jail or not, and then when they do show up to court— there's an AI negotiating with another AI to see what their punishment should be or what the deal is going to be between the two of them, and there's no people involved in the system. But I, I'm I sure fear, it'll be super, I fear that because super uh, efficient at putting people in jail. Well, yeah. Sponsored by Prison Care. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real company. Don't sue me if that's the name of your company. <laughs> it's like Carl's Jr. taking over the world. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. <laughs> Yeah. That's an Idiocracy. It is. It's a great movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see Idiocracy. I, I don't know. It, it's, it, it again, it's a slippery slope. It's where we're heading. We've talked about it before. We're heading towards an AI-driven world. But at some point, there needs to be human interaction, human-to-human interactions. Mm-hmm. You can't rely on AI for everything. Agreed. Well, you can. You shouldn't. I think right. that's the— Well, you could. But you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Do you turn right every time your car says turn right here? 
No, or I tell my car first? when I'm going to turn right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because remember what? when GPS first came out and people were like turning into ponds and shit? And you know that floating bridge in like Seattle that's like mm-hmm. a mile long? I was in the middle of that in my GPS when it first came out with GPS. It's like, turn left. <laughs> like, um, no. It's like, turn left, rerouting. Turn right. What the hell is wrong with you? I think mine still does that. Really? Mm-hmm. Is there a tunnel up there that we just don't know about? I was just in New York, yeah. and it kept telling me to cross the street over and over and over to get to the same place because for some reason, the location I was in with the amount of people or the amount of businesses or something, it, like, screwed up the GPS coordinates for the map. And it's just like, rerouting, cross the street here kind of thing. So I'd cross the street, and it was rerouting, and it would tell me to cross back across the street I just crossed. That's a kind of a good point, too, though, right, is if you're having an AI do things All for I wanted you, was a bagel, dude. Why don't you <laughs> question that? Why don't you question the decision that's being made, especially when it's people's lives at hand, right? Agreed. Because if I'm thrown in because I went out on a weekend and got arrested for whatever case and the AI determines that I'm a flight risk or whatever the right. case is, what the hell? And there's a like, big problem with, you know, people maybe they have English as a second language or don't speak English at all and then – Either getting a court-appointed attorney who doesn't speak who their also language. doesn't speak their language, and they don't know. I mean, you're just kind of shaking your head like I see this all the time. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's a problem, right? I, I mean, the whole system needs obviously needs an influx of of some new money and ideas, kind of thing. But well, we just we need to rethink who these people are mm-hmm. that are in the system, and look at the bigger social problems that are creating. Right this overpopulation in the jails mm-hmm. and then create more of a solution to but it seems like for profit jails maybe is a bad idea but it's, it's a huge more industry people that get into it how many times have you heard something about like certain parts of the country i'm not going to name any of them but where they found out that the judge that was putting all the people in jail also owned stock in the company that owned the jail sure mm-hmm. right well there was a group of judges that had stock in the collection agency for Clark County District Court. Wow. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. So let's That's get back right. into the so, like, marketing side of it. Things. So we've talked about you're not allowed to advertise on Google anymore. And that's right. honestly a very large, it could be a large subsection of your business and your advertising. Facebook's an ish. I mean, they ish. allow it sort of. But, but how, how do they know you've been in jail? Otherwise, or unless they're looking at your well, GPS you location. You can't use identifiable information like that on Facebook, which is why they would decline it. You could say, if a company that's there when you need it, A-plus bail bonds, but you can't say, you know, did you party too hard this New Year's kind of thing? Because that's an identifiable information. You're implying drinking. You're implying possibly drunk driving, stuff Mm. like that. You can't do that kind of stuff on Facebook. They'll just decline it. That makes sense. So what do you do now? You've got to have some sort of boots on the ground kind of tactics or something. Well, Matt is working on better presence in the organic sections in certain areas. And mm-hmm. then we have opened up five new offices. Wow. So we you know, have a local presence. That's something and that's coming up a lot, too, is so instead of where you used to spend $1,000 a month for a county or a city on bail bond ads, you now spend three or four hundred dollars renting a cheap office so that you can get on the map. Correct. Wow. Because the map search is what drives all of that. Because it's now, since there's no ad above it, 
the map is now the first thing that comes up on Google, then the so, organic ranks. So yeah, we went from one location to seven. And that's a huge less expense. Than, less than a year. And so, I mean, some of that was real estate purchase. Some of it was buying out other companies. Mm -hmm. But I think probably three of those, yeah, or four of those were just renting offices. So you just, you're just hitting the organic searches and the map listings mm -hmm. right now? We're hitting it hard on the maps. Well, there's, there's a lot of cool new tricks coming out to you that we... There is. We'll have to talk about that another time. We can do that. So what is... A good way, if somebody needs your help, right? Because mm -hmm. we, we're growing. This podcast is growing. We have quite a few listeners all over the world. How would somebody go about finding you or a bail bonds company? Let's start with you specifically. What would they do to find you? Basically, if you're in, I mean, I only service the state of Washington. So if you, know, you have a momentary lapse of good judgment in the state of Washington, <laughs> Basically, I would say go to your cell phone and do a, a search in the local area for, for bail bondsmen in your area. And if I'm not able to help you, then there will be someone else who can. You're A-plus bail bonds. Yeah, we're A-plus bail bonds. We have a few other names that we own in different areas mm -hmm. um, where we bought out other companies. And that's been our strategy, basically, to get back to where we were as far as sales when they allowed you know, the, the AdWords. Okay. Um, with AdWords, it was easier to target an area mm -hmm. and get the calls without having to rent an office and go through all that. Right. But, you know, and you don't have to necessarily be right there to get them out on bail, correct? Right. We would just have a local agent that would meet with them at the jail, okay. fill out the paperwork, collect the money, and then put the bond in. So we would have agents locally you know, that would be around in that area who lived in that particular county. Mm -hmm. So we usually try to have one agent per county oh, okay. that could service whatever facilities are in that county. Sometimes a certain county might have three or four. They might have one. Yeah, okay. And a lot of times the person paying for the bond or doing the paperwork and stuff is not necessarily in the same place as the person. Right. So we do a lot released. of DocuSign yeah. transactions with credit cards okay. and dispatch a local agent in whatever area they're in. So I've had people overseas mm -hmm. in England who I did a DocuSign, they paid with a credit card, and I bailed their son out of Port Angeles, Washington. <laughs> and no identifiable information about so, anonymous person. You know, there's, <laughs> anyway, so there's a there's a way to get it done. Okay. So just to recap, the bail system is probably not one that needs to be ran on AI. I'm a firm believer that AI is ultimately going to help us and it's going to mm. be a good thing in our lives, but there needs to be the human-to-human -human interaction and you can't, and shouldn't necessarily put people's lives into a computer program and let the computer decide. It just sounds like a slippery and the, slope. The, and what I had said before is how much we assist the people through the court process mm -hmm. because we have a financial interest in making sure that they fulfill their obligations to the court right. by right. appearing. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time just helping people if people forget their court dates, they can't get a hold of their attorney, they can call me, I can look it up, mm -hmm. give them their court date. We have offices they can park at our office. You know, it's really hard to find parking, so we usually have our parking lot full every morning. And just explaining a myriad of things to them that their attorney should be explaining to them. I don't ever give legal advice, but I've been around the system for right. 25 years. Well, you can tell people when their court date is and where they have to appear. Or that kind of, stuff, kind of right? what to expect. Right. Right. So... It's the, there's nothing wrong with the bail system. And 
I just wish that they would quit pointing the finger at, at us mm-hmm. and really look at the bigger bigger issue here. Yeah. And the potential Pandora's box that this AI could open up mm-hmm. for and most people who are listening to this have probably never been through the court system, but if that time ever comes, you're going to remember this podcast. Absolutely. And you're going to think about all those things when you get stuck in supervised release and you're jumping through hoops and you're just a good law-abiding citizen, you know, who, who was accused of something that you didn't do. So I hope that you take that away from this and, and think about that. If that ever happens to you, what, how would you react to that? Or what would it do to your life? Wow. Well, thanks, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good place to leave it. So thank you again for being here. You're welcome. Thanks, Brandon. And we'll uh, see you guys on the next episode. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week when we discuss ranking in the Google Map Box with our very own Matt Rouse. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson, mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.